morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Monday, September 26th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bolger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We are going to delve into the story of the prodigal son today. But before we do that, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, may we understand your kingdom more intimately and all that it brings into the world with its love and grace and hope. May we seek to build it here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Friends, listen to these familiar words from Luke's gospel, the 15th chapter, verses 11 through 32. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So the father divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had, and he traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then the elder brother became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I may celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, 
son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Tara, how are you, and what's been bringing you joy lately? Oh, let's see. Um, my eldest daughter has decided she wants to go to the University of Alabama, Woo-hoo! which is, yeah, it's uh, a, I just, um, no matter what I thought, I didn't know anything about Alabama, but they have so many opportunities, especially um, she wants to do some sort of business and they're just, the programs they offer are so great. And um, she's happy and we're happy and she'll be close by. So yeah, that's all good. That's bringing me a lot of joy to see her succeed and all this hard work kind of coming together. Hmm. So what about you? Um, it was Cowboy Night, wasn't it? <laughs> it was Cowboy kidding. Night. Um, and one of, <laughs> this is, this story has lived kind of rent free in my head the past few days. In one of my classes, we start off with a fun question and it was, the question was, you know, where have you found something of value in maybe like a junky area? You know, whether it's like a parent storage unit or a thrift yeah. store or flea market. And there was someone who told a story about how when he went to college, he went to the thrift store and he bought a dining room uh, table chair mm-hmm. for him to lay his clothes on for $15. And he is now in his late 60s, early 70s, and that chair still lives in his bedroom. And he still puts clothes on As soon as we're done, we're going to talk names. That blows my mind. I I am both impressed and worried. I'm just, it was was just the greatest story ever, mainly because I have a chair in my office that clothes reside on. Totally. You, that is like you to a T. I can see why you love that story. Well, yeah, because, because the clothes might be too dirty to go back and... The, Clos- the closet, but not t- dirty enough to go in the hamper, so they need a they need an in between place to live. Speaking of college and dirty clothes, <laughs> when I was in college, we had the magic hamper. You put them in there dirty, and when you're w- wanting to go to class, you're like, "Yeah, it's not so bad. They're clean." <laughs> it was a magic <laughs> hamper. Just, it, it just it cleaned them. It. Yeah, uh-huh. incredible. Oh, that's funny. But to our to our scripture, what what prompts Jesus to tell this parable? Who's he speaking to, and how can that context help us to understand it. So um, this comes at a time in Luke's gospel when Jesus has been talking with Pharisees um, and the Pharisees are particularly incensed and revolted that he is hanging out with tax collectors and sinners, Mm -hmm. that he's eating with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's even like that. Talk about a bridge too far, right? Um, And so this is one of three parables he tells about something being lost and found. And I was reading this and thinking of, you know, the, the Gospels are unique in that in every story you read outside of the Gospels, you are always invited to identify with the hero. We should always read the Gospels and identify with the sinner because it's telling us something about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't think the Pharisees hear it that way at all. Um, but there is this idea of um, there are lost people, and when they are found, what a celebration. This is one of those uh, unique stories that speaks because, yeah, the Pharisees are in the room, and so are the sinners and the tax collectors. And 
Uh, and the other two parables speak specifically to those who are lost, but this one speaks to everyone in the room, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of those who are lost and those who are upset uh, that they've done everything right and it feels like they're not getting enough attention. Uh, and I think that there are multiple... It, so, I, this, I think this is one of the greatest parables that Jesus tells, and what's amazing about it is... Throughout our life, I think we can identify with different aspects of these sons. Um, and will again. And will again. Of, uh, there are moments when we are completely and utterly lost uh, when, and need to be welcomed home. Uh, and there are moments when we are incredibly jealous of others. There are moments when we are incredibly hurt by our siblings uh, mm-hmm. and we don't want to forgive them because we feel abandoned by them. There are moments when we don't feel that we are getting what we deserved and the injustice of it all from doing what we're supposed to. And so uh, there are so many more moments. There are so many moments in our life where we can identify with each son and the Father God gives grace to each one of them and love and acceptance in different ways. Um, and, And I just... You know what I love too? It was a word I think you said probably in passing, but it is about attention isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's about wanting to be recognized. Um, And that always reminds me of um, the 1 Corinthians 13, right? That there will come a day when we will be, when we will know, even as we are fully known. And I think Hmm. what the, the, you know, the elder brother is like, I want you to recognize me, right? And I wonder if the father, what he says could often, could maybe be read as, you are fully known. You've always been fully known. You didn't have to suffer not being known. But I don't know. I just, um, I, I guess I'm taken with how many times I may act in really unhealthy and yucky ways when all I really want is attention. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if I could just say, I would like you to recognize this. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's just me working out my therapy moment, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, uh, and, and I think we've talked about this quite a bit of the honesty of prayer, of coming mm-hmm. to God and saying, I need to feel you. Uh, I need to recognize you because I'm feeling like I'm doing these disciplines. I feel like I'm reading scripture and I'm not. I don't feel it being reciprocated. And, and yeah. I think that that honesty is where we... Uh, deeply experienced God. Um, and so the son is, is doing that after the father is, after he's stepped away, which I think is much more likely of us of like, well, I'm not feeling this. I'm not going to do it anymore. Right. And the father still, not only does the father run to the son who's been gone, the father goes out and finds the son who's not uh, at the party. Yes. All of these relationships are about restoration. Mm-hmm. I mean, the son is restored. The father's heart is mended. I can't imagine how broken it was. And it ends with the father hoping to restore the elder son too. So Mm -hmm. I just think that's really lovely. And, you know, prayer is a funny thing um, because when I first came to faith and I would pray, I can remember someone telling me, if there is something you are struggling with, and like, you know, someone who's really bothering you and you can't pray good things about them, then pray to be willing to pray mm-hmm. for good things. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe mm-hmm. the elder brother needs to pray to be willing to forgive and love his brother. Um, yeah. All right, friends, we're going to end with a quote from Henry Nowen, who has written, There are many elder sons and elder daughters who are lost 
while still at home. And it is this lostness, characterized by judgment and condemnation, anger and resentment, bitterness and jealousy, that is so pernicious and so damaging to the human heart. Thank you all for being with us. We'll be back again on Wednesday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.